two years ago. We open to a small bedroom. The once white walls have yellowed in age. The paint has chipped. In a couple locations, the wall is dented with a fist-sized fracture. Decorating the walls like band-aids are various sports posters, specifically of Horizon City's major league football team, the Horizon Hurricanes. And of a few posters of women wearing exactly as little as would be desired. On a desk adjacent to the disheveled bed, we see a computer setup that, while sophisticated for our modern standards, appears outdated by those of 2170. The screen is cracked. The coloring of the background picture is distorted. It's here that our exploration of the room is cut short. A teenage boy rushes through the door. He wears a black tank top that showcases his muscular and athletic physique. Red-faced, his right eye twitching, he sits on the bed, and we hear some not-so-muffled talking through the wall. That's not the point, Maria. You know I don't give a damn about potential. I need to see results. And that game tonight? Those weren't results. It was failure. Peter fell short, and it's because he doesn't give a damn. Sitting on his bed, the teen clenches his fists. A woman, his mother, speaks. Now that's not... It is. We put a roof over his head. We give him food. We give him all the opportunities in the world and what? He pisses them down the drain. You think that kid's making it to college because he's smart? I, I mean, he could... Absolutely not. You've seen his grades. Fuck, Maria, you've talked to the boy. Gears don't turn in that head and you know it. The teen, Peter, he grits his teeth. His eyes water, but just as it looks like he might cry, that sorrow shifts to anger. He's healthy. He's strong. That's all he has, and I'll be damned if he's going to keep slacking off because so help him if I need to watch him play bench all game again. It's at this point that, in one fluid motion, Peter stands and throws his fist at the wall. A cracking sound emanates from the impact, and he winces only slightly before pulling his arm back. He leans in and aims to deliver a second blow to the wall, completely unfazed by how his ring finger is contorted. But before he can strike the wall again, his door flies open, and standing in the doorway is a man that looks a lot like him. Short, broad-shouldered, muscular, but where Peter has youth, his father bears scars and wrinkles. His father's eyes, cold and gray, weigh on Peter, and all the furious momentum Peter once had is lost. What the hell do you think you are doing? What the hell have you done to your hand? Peter holds his hand up, finally noticing his broken finger and the blood. His father steps towards him, reaches out towards him, but stops. The two lock gazes for far too long before Peter's father says, You don't give a damn at all about any of this, do you? You're stupid. You're weak. And if you want to throw away your life like this, then get out. There's no room for failures in this house.
Hello, Internet. Mr. Critically Occur is coming in real quick at the beginning of this issue this time because I have just a couple of announcements that I want to hit you over the head with before we get things rolling. We are closing in on the end of Volume 1 of Horizon, A Tale of Heroes and Hormones. And listen, if you haven't scrolled down wherever you're listening to this issue to check out some of our social links, you need to do that. Like now, like go do it. Pause the the podcast, scroll down, click some of those links, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Discord. Why? Because, because <laughs> I'm telling you to, damn it. No, uh, on Discord, we're trying to get a lot of things going um, in terms of building community and offering things for a community to do. Some of the things we have going right now are every Friday we host movie nights, double features. Each month has its own theme. For March, we're watching musicals <laughs> every Friday night. Um, and we would love to have fans and friends there showing up and having a good time with us. Saturday nights, we have a more casual anime nights. Same sort of deal. Swing on by, watch some anime with the crew, with cool people who are also interested in anime. Not only that, over on the Discord, I am running a choose-your-own-adventure sort of thing for the Discord. So the Discord gets to vote on prompts and kind of direct how the story flows. And currently, the theme of this adventure is uh, being set in Vampire the Masquerade. So if you're interested in vampires, if you're interested in choose-your-own-adventure stories, if you're interested in learning some stuff about Vampire the Masquerade and just like talking about that sort of thing or having just a little bit of a story that's updated daily to check in on, then join the Discord, damn it. <laughs> just do it. Not only all of this, but once we hit issues 11 through 15 to really close out volume one, I'm thinking about maybe breaking out my wallet and doing some sort of a giveaway for fans. And gotta say... You should probably follow us on Twitter and join the Discord if you want to partake in the giveaway. Just a little bit of a heads up so you can get ahead of the curve by doing these things. Plus, Twitter, Discord, the best ways to keep up with any news announcements or awesome events that a Critically Accursed podcast will be hosting, doing, or trying to get going. So, like I said, scroll down. Do these things. <laughs> but... Uh, that's enough talk from me. Let's get on with the show. See you guys at the end. Okay, Matt, we once again return to Horizon City. And we return to Horizon City, I think, several years after Recharge's, or Pep's, prelude. He's had time to really embody the, the mask that he chose to wear that one fateful night and grow into himself and begin figuring out who he is. Three years have passed. That's quite a long time. And I... I want to ask, you know, what happens during that time? How are things going? But lucky for us... Built into the Janus playbook is a way to determine how things are going for all your various fun obligations. So, to kick things off, reading straight from the Janus playbook, when time passes, you roll 2d6 plus your mundane to see how you're managing your various obligations. 
the result will determine what happens or how things are currently going. Bum, bum, bum. I'm going to ask you to do that now. Sure. That is an 11. On a hit, things are going pretty well. You have an opportunity or advantage thanks to one of your obligations. If it comes up, we'll see what happens. But you can just kind of remember that one of your obligations owes you something beneficial (laughs) (laughs) at this point in time. And if you have any ideas of when and how that can pop up, by all means, let me know. Otherwise, if I think of something, I'll just do it. Sure. Now is the time where I'm going to ask you, what do these three years look like? What has happened since the prelude? So given his return, I suppose, over the past three years to a a more mundane lifestyle, while he's still doing superheroing here and there, he's probably been focused on uh, getting through school, caring for his family while his dad's out of town. We, We can even say something that's forced him into focusing more on his family Say his dad lost one of his jobs because we established that his father works multiple jobs to support his family. So we could even say, that, yeah, his dad lost one of his jobs. Uh, Pops had to pick up more time at the pizza place that he delivers for. Uh, so he's been doing that. The Mushroom Kingdom. The Mushroom Kingdom, yes. And Mr. Mario is very thankful to have such a dedicated delivery boy in his employ. Yes. Wonderful. How is his heroing sides going in that capacity since he's spending so much time working for the mushroom kingdom watching out for his brother and you know trying to maintain his grade in school what does his heroing actually look like he's definitely still i'd say active but he's probably cut down a lot of his time that he's out like say patrolling or i guess actively like fighting or stopping crime So is it an occasional thing? Like, maybe I only really have time to do this on Friday and Saturday nights. So those are the only times I really go out and patrol. Yeah, I think that that's um, something that's probably what is going on right now. He's probably sticking to the weekends as much as he wants to get out there and really, like, be the hero. It's home responsibilities have definitely weighed on him. I'd say that there's probably times where he gets out to do it more, like his dad's pulling in more money, but I guess if we're generalizing the three years like as a whole, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, he, he's probably limited to weekends and uh, so maybe some off nights or even like when he's out on deliveries, if he has, if he can find some time and like ends up stumbling across something, he'll stop to help and then continue on with his work for the night yeah he doesn't ignore the call to hero wing he just doesn't seek it as much as someone who's a dedicated hero would yeah and i think that makes sense in a lot of ways especially since you're starting you've reverted back to your mundane label having a plus three in mundane you're focusing on your family your obligations and the city horizon city this world there are heroes out there. I mean, you have three of the biggest heroes had they headquarters in your city. So unlike other heroes that might be similar to the Janus in like different fictions like Spider-Man or whatever, there's not that hard call to action. You know, the city's not going to crumble if Recharge doesn't go out for a night. So while we're talking about start or stop starting while we're talking about starting crime in the city, this isn't Alex's character. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> 
while we're talking about stopping crime in the city, I, I think to really get into the swing of things, I want to begin officially by going back to describing the beginning of this book in terms of panels. And what I'm going to ask you to do is, can you paint me a nice little scene of Recharge's most recent crime-stopping caper? Whatever bad guy you want, however you want to frame it, get, get creative, feel free. I just want a taste of Recharge's heroism in your eyes. Sure. We'll say that it's one Friday night. He has found himself some time to actively go out and uh, patrol and superhero and stuff like that. He's probably got a much better get up than he had in the prelude at this point. Uh, actually, what is, what's his, what does he look like now that he's had time to grow into a costume and his masks? Can I get the visual on that? Sure. I, I still think that at 16, he's a little like lanky and kind of awkward. He's, he, he was never like a super tall kid, but he, he's still growing into himself. His costume is still the all black spandex, like LED strips going up the side, as well as kind of the half, almost like the Judge Dread helmet. So like the the almost like a Daft Punk helmet, but like it stops and still shows like his jaw and mouth and stuff like that. So he can he doesn't have to speak under the mask. And the like middle of his suit is a just a plus sign, and that's a, that's also LED and light up. So he, he he has a very flashy suit. He has the like LEDs around the soles of the boots that he wears and. When he walks, those, you know, change colors with the pace that he walks at and stuff like that. Yeah. And you could probably turn it off with like a personalized, a local like Wi-Fi network. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, there, there's definitely the option to to turn it off and go, you know, go dark. Or even like generate black light so you can hide into shadows easier. Oh, some, the, yeah. Some future shit go. like black That's light. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I like it because you do have an inventor friend, but more on him later. <laughs> so with the visual of Recharge and his... Nice LED laden costume. What what crime is he stopping? Carry on with the scene. Uh, we'll say that he's hanging around downtown, patrolling there. Uh, I assume that there are a lot of uh, clubs and stuff down there. So the 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 panel would be him in like downtown, all the lights, you know, very bright panel, and a giant hole. In one of the clubs down there, music like pulsating out some sort of like indicator of that, that, you know, the, uh, the, the club was very active that night and a giant, probably like nine foot tall, all gray humanoid, just like coming out of the, like the hole in the wall that he just destroyed. And so the, it, it's him in the middle of clashing with this giant i guess alien looking thing we probably get a couple of panels of uh, a couple of action shots of recharge getting in a good blow and this giant alien <laughs> oh he probably picks him up and like ragdolls him at one point like into a car so there's probably one of like recharge like pulling himself like out of a dented car and then like quickly like reaching back and like leaving an apology note like under the he probably carries those around He'll just leave like an apology like note. Cards. Yeah. Like, sorry. <laughs> That's hilarious. I love it. And um the the final scene could be recharge getting thrown like against a wall, but he manages to like reverse himself 
like catch himself on the wall and then propel himself off like from the prelude the uh the rocket move that he did so he goes careening into the alien like right into his chest and then the next panel is the like alien like shrinking back down to size and it's just a guy it's just a guy yeah so the the question that immediately jumps to mind is if he if he repeats this move he did in the prelude this gohan headbutt (laughs) um obviously it's a lot more flashier and um practiced in this particular shot maybe he adds a twirl into it or whatever oh yeah it's it's a lot cleaner but for some reason i i think we vaguely mentioned him naming the move some of his moves yeah does he have a name for this move yet yeah he can like very anime like yell out while he's doing it of course rocket engage because that was the command for the uh the rocket propelled bicycle so i think we get this really nice action shots of recharge performing the rocket's engage maneuver on his adversary like one of the panels is probably like just the close-up of his feet and the like kind of the kinetic glow that we kind of described in the prelude uh like starts to surround his feet and then the next one is like him pushing off and the the energy from that like propelling out of his feet like you would see like at a rocket launch yeah absolutely i i think like mid motion maybe just before he's about to connect with his adversary we pull back from the panel a little bit to see that the panel is being displayed on a handheld device Mm -hmm. and a speech bubble comes into that panel that is reading in Robbie Pepper's voice saying, see, see dad, that's, that's the (laughs) rocket engage move. I told you, look, and he dropped this guy just like that. One, one move, very solid hit, you know, and he just keeps flicking through his handheld device, talking rather energetically about recharge's most recent exploits and the panel pulls further back and we see your father mr pepper mm-hmm. on the couch with robbie as robbie's just fanboying about recharge and showing his father a whole bunch of different images on like a news feed there was probably i guess a photographer <laughs> someone with a camera everyone has cameras yeah i was at that point it, everybody downtown they got their camera phones out is probably some yeah, camera phones yeah uh seth has established that's like smart contacts are a thing like google glass but contacts oh exist. yeah that makes sense so there's people that are blinking and just taking pictures and stuff like that mm-hmm. and then i almost want to say we pull further back and is pep listening in on this like nearby uh yeah we'll say that pep's like in the kitchen like getting orange juice from the fridge so it's probably him looking through like the doorway from the kitchen to the to the living room as his brother uh, regales his father with the tale of recharges exploits from the previous night uh, do i do we get a name for your dad dad let me see i might actually have a name for him that's mr pepper to you that's mr dad to you <laughs> uh i have albert al pepper yeah. so al as robbie's fanboying some more al will say with, with kind of a smirk he looks kind of young doesn't he and Robbie immediately goes off by saying, yeah, that's the cool part. He's he's probably like my age, which is I just think it's so cool that someone like my age is going out and doing things like that. Your dad, Al Albert Pepper, shakes his head a little bit and says, it's I think it's rather dangerous for someone so young to be doing things like this. Nah, nah, dad, I don't think so. He's obviously made to do it. 
Pep, Pep, what do you think? You think Recharge is doing what he should be doing in the city, right? I'll bring in two glasses of orange juice and probably like a tray of snacks or something like that. Set him down on the table and say, it sounds like he's putting himself in a lot of danger. Yeah, but he's doing it for good reason. And look, he, he can do it. He beat this guy up. I'll pick up the uh, tablet that he has to, to look at the pictures from the internet and like flick through them and like hold it up to like the point where he's like driving the crown of his head like into the guy's uh, chest and say, this looks like it hurts a whole ton. Well, I bet it does. He probably deserved it. No, I mean, for the guy headbutting the giant gray man. Oh, for Recharge? Yeah. I'm sure Recharge is fine. I hear that his skin's made of rubber, so he doesn't even feel impacts. It's why he bounces around so much. I think you would need a skull made of rocks in order to do that. He chuckles, and he just says, I don't know. Either way, it's still really cool. He's de- he's definitely very flashy. He'll say with like a kind of kind of like a proud grin almost and your your dad albert says he certainly is flashy kind of dressed up like a christmas tree but robbie why don't you put that down and go get ready for bed and robbie will like chug his orange juice (laughs) that you brought him (laughs) like half chug it and scurry off essentially saying that oh he has more to show your dad so he's gonna hurry up real fast and be back before going to bed (laughs) <laughs> and he scampers off. Yep. And your dad just kind of leans back. And there's like a TV on in front of you guys, but the volume's super low. It's just there for light and background noise. Your dad says, your brother sure is excitable. I mean, look at everything that goes on in the city. I guess it's hard not to be for a kid his age. Yeah. I worry about him, though. That he's going to run off and fight giant gray alien men. Your dad kind of shrugs. Maybe. Maybe that's a bit foolish of me, but all these young heroes around, I think they might honestly be a bad influence on someone like him. Like he said, he's doing it for the right reasons. There's law enforcement, there's actual heroes that are doing these things. It just kind of seems like one of these kids these days with a little bit of power kind of just wants attention. And I worry about kids like Robbie getting hurt because of it. Pep will continue to flip through the tablet, and he's like, last set of pictures he downloaded about this guy was three months ago. I don't. At least the hero that he looks up to isn't out there doing it every night, I guess. I guess that's a bit of a blessing, but who knows when. I mean, his his idol could be that legacy girl that's flying around beating everybody up. At least she has a heritage, an actual hero to look up to and learn from. This this recharge fellow, he kind of just gestures at the tablet that's on the ta- or that's in your hands now, I guess. He just kind of gestures at it casually, and he says, "This this recharge fellow came out of nowhere. He's bouncing around, breaking cars constantly." The article here says he left a sorry note, which I guess is cute, but it doesn't really solve the problem of getting kids like Robbie looking up to him and wanting to do the things he's doing when they have no right to. Well, you know, freshman year, they teach us all, we all have to take that metahuman course. Which probably doesn't help either. And your dad kind of yawns, and you, you see it just in the light of the TV. He has these bags under his eyes, and he, he's physically and mentally, as he starts slowing down in the conversation, exhausted. He just reiterates, I don't, that class probably isn't helping any either. Kid like him, 
no powers, nothing like that to make him stand out. He's a bright kid on his own, but if he starts idolizing people with powers, what he's capable of might not be enough for him someday. Well, I mean, other kids his age idolize athletes. They go out and play the sport, but that's more readily accessible. Robbie's not back there breathing fire and, you know, jumping over buildings. I think not having superpowers is probably good. He's not going to go out there and do it because he doesn't think he's invincible. I hope you're right, Pep. I hope you're right. But do me a favor. I'm, you know, you know, I'm leaving again tomorrow. This I'm trying to get a secured position at this delivery job. And that means that I have kind of have to sell my soul into it for a little bit. Can you just watch out for your brother and make sure he this doesn't go to his head? I know you do. I just want to hear hear it from you. I got a, I already got a distraction coming, Dad. And Pep will like reach into his backpack and put a a video game on the table and say, I borrowed this from a friend. It's the it's not the new one, but I don't think he has this one yet, so he'll spend four weeks playing this and not think about going out and trying to be a superhero with no superpowers. Your your dad will lean forward and pick it up off the table and look at it, and he, he just says, looks kind of bloody. How about you and I play for a little bit when he goes to bed? Okay, I think there's a setting where you can turn the blood off. Yeah, and he'll uh, he'll he'll look at the game for a little bit. And I think after an like an awkward pause, just as you can kind of hear in the house, Robbie wrapping up his getting ready for bed, it's <laughs> brushing his teeth or whatever. Your dad will just kind of mutter uh, al- loud enough for you to hear. He's obviously talking to you. He's just not saying it super loud. But he does say, I still think this this recharge fellow, I, I think he's a little bit more of a hazard than a hero. The collateral damage, the way kids like Robbie are looking up to him. I don't know. Maybe I'll feel better, feel different about it in the morning, but I can't shake the feeling. Isn't that all heroes, though? I mean, hold on. Pep will pick up the tablet and type in Valor uh, and pull up the latest, like, Valor family heroic deed and just point out, like, all the collateral damage that I'm sure the... uh, the the family that can fly and shoot laser beams from their eyes uh caused <laughs> yeah you actually you pull up the most one of the most prevalent articles you find um, that almost comes immediately once you type in like val- valor and uh, collateral damage heroism or whatever is when the original valor shortly after the villain known as acid splash was found to have escaped prison valor went to Horizon High and forcefully confronted Acid Splash's son, Mr. Splash, right before class. And that's kind of a gossip article that a lot of people like, is Valor losing his minds? What's happening to the Valor family? Stuff like that. So you have a ready example of a legitimate hero kind of taking a little bit of a dip. Yeah, and I'll show that to my dad and just say, See, I think it just comes with the territory. These guys that go out and do that, it's almost as if they're looking for it. Yeah, maybe none of them are right in the head. This is the original Valor, and he's beating up my third period teacher. I came in as he was being ushered out. Oh, I, I think I missed that one in the news. And your dad kind of yawns again. And it's at this point, you, you hear Robbie running downstairs, and you, you see in his hand is a, uh, a piece of paper. 
as uh as the the panel that shows him like shows the like sound of like someone running downstairs or whatever the the next one will be pet like quickly reaching over and hitting the off button on the gaming console that him and his dad have been testing out the game with <laughs> right right so the the TV's off or the the game system's off and you two are acting very nonchalant as he comes rushing in and he hops onto the couch with this piece of paper and he unfolds it and it's actually a lot bigger than you thought it was kind of like a scroll I guess and he points out some of the drawings he's made of recharge the the valor like sky valor is in mm-hmm. here it's just of heroes yeah but a lot of the newest stuff is recharge and he actually doodles the the thing he was pointing out to his dad the uh the rocket engage maneuver against the giant gray alien guy papalin and and say when did you hear about this new guy robbie will pause for a moment and kind of shrug and say i think i heard about him uh some other kids talking about him at school maybe i don't know a year ago what did he do oh there was something yeah, something went wrong with the self-driving cars at one of the busy intersections downtown, and he saved some people from being trapped in burning, uh, burning, exploding cars. There, there'll be a thought bubble that like pops up above his head, and it's just like, and none of the collateral damage was my fault, Dad. Yeah, and like we lean over a little bit to the other side of the couch, and your dad's beginning to fall asleep. Hey, Rob, we got to get upstairs. You gotta let Dad sleep. He's got an early morning. Okay, I'm gonna leave this here for him for if he wants to look at it when he wakes up. Tell you what, go put it in his work bag. Yeah, he smiles and he uh, scurries off. And then the the final panel, I suppose, for for this touching family moment can be Pep putting the recliner back for his dad as he's already asleep and draping a blanket over him, and then like turning the TV to like the news and then turning the volume all the way down yeah we get a few nice wholesome panels Mm -hmm. to kind of tie out that this little chapter now uh, during these quiet panels where you're here taking care of your dad i would like to honestly i kind of want to see how much your dad's opinion means to you (laughs) that's fair (laughs) you know he's talking about recharge he clearly like he doesn't hate the guy but he definitely doesn't seem to have high opinions on recharge. And maybe he does honestly doesn't have high opinions of heroes across the board, as you were kind of getting into mm-hmm. a little bit as you kind of poked and prodded at the conversation. And I think this is an interesting dilemma because he was talking about recharge without realizing that you are recharge. Mm-hmm. So he was talking about you. Mm-hmm. And if I say that because your dad has influence over you, over Pep, his words potentially might shift Pep's labels, would you accept the label shift or would you try to reject his influence and just say he has no idea what he's talking about? No, it's the first one. He, he would probably accept it. It's, I mean, at that age, too, your parents tell you something and it sticks through your parents. So then during these last few panels, it's probably Pep reflecting on some of the things your dad has said. And even if Pep doesn't necessarily a hundred percent believe him it's at least the beginning of some doubt you know maybe he is causing collateral damage maybe he is in a way a bad influence on robbie yeah and there can even be panels where you know the like half panels with like the top corners like a a thought bubble and it's 
flashing back to different the the car incident, the fight lit the night before, and a few other like superhero moments where he's ended up causing collateral damage or I mean in the case of the night before he was thrown into the car, but there could be you know, he's going to punch one of the guys or one of the villains, and because he's a lot stronger than an average person, he ends up punching into a wall and like the wall crumbles a little bit. Just stuff yeah. like that. It's like why does he carry around business cards that say sorry? Why why is that a necessity? Why is that something he felt felt the need to do? And in that regard, if you're accepting your father's like indirect influence, I think he's increasing your danger by one and decreasing your savior by one. Okay. Which brings your danger, if my notes are correct, danger now to a plus two and your savior to a minus one. Yes. Okay. I think we jump ahead a little bit. Jump ahead uh, a miscellaneous amount of days, an unknowable amount of time. <laughs> and <laughs> time. <it's> unknowable. <laughs> time passes. Yeah, the the little uh, the square at the top left of the the panel just says time passes with a question mark next to it. <laughs> but the the next panel sets the scene. We're at Horizon High. We see maybe uh, one student like flying in and about to land on the roof, and a whole bunch of people just funneling in through the door. It's an establishing shot, mm-hmm. an establishing panel of Horizon High, and this is the week where we're coming up on a national holiday the national holiday being Remembrance Day. This is a day that came about shortly after the conclusion of World War III. It was mostly originally a celebratory holiday for like, oh, the war's done. The awful, awful war is done. And it kind of blossomed into a more idealistic Thanksgiving. This year, Mayor Carmichael is hosting a ceremony, like giving a speech and hosting a ceremony, downtown city center. And then the streets are going to be open for festivities. There's going to be food stalls. There's going to be shitty future rides that are still going to probably (laughs) fall apart at a moment's notice. Actually, no, the 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 rides in the future are the exact same shitty rides we have have now. (laughs) They were all built in the 70s. Yeah, yeah. But the but not the 2170s. Not even the 2070s. The 1970s. (laughs) Yep. Yep. And all of that is set up for the end of this week, for Friday. And because this future is apparently a hellscape, you don't have the day off. You have a shorter school day, but you don't have the full day off. I forget why I did that, but it's apparently a thing. (laughs) Focusing back in on Horizon High, I think we jump to lunch. What is lunch like for Pep? Probably sits with his group of friends. Is... Greg included in that group of friends. Yeah. So then we get more establishing panels of Pep hanging out and lunch, eating. He eats a lot? Oh, probably. Is he a big eater? Yeah, probably a ton. <laughs> yeah. So maybe we even see him like taking food off of other people's trays if they're not going to eat it. There's definitely just... a panel where like he's like biting the burger that he has, but pointing at somebody else's tray and says, you're finishing that? right question mark (laughs) right and you pointing at the tray greg will just like meet your eyes and look down at his burger and slowly pick it up and start eating it (laughs) like taunting you (laughs) 
But yeah, we, we get some nice interactions with him just hanging out with friends and being briefly really normal. Yeah. When lunch wraps up, I think Greg kind of catches Pep before the, the group disperses and pulls him aside mm-hmm. and leans in a little bit and just says, hey, listen, I got something going on. Uh, don't tell anyone. All right. You can't tell anyone. And he waits for a response. Is this an oath of silence? What I will say is that if you break this oath, if you tell someone about what I'm about to tell you, then I, I might burst into flames. And I don't think you want that on your conscience. Is that a superpower or? Yeah, it's my really shitty superpower. <laughs> you just turn, you just burst into flames. <laughs> he chuckles. Yeah, but it's only when people break their promises to me. Mm. Well, if this is a oath of silence, we have to do the oath of silence handshake. He nods. Like, he gets a very serious look on his face. I imagine there's a panel of, like, Pep squinting, and then there's another panel slightly lower of Greg squinting. And then you got, then the, the between the panels is the, the handshake. The handshake. Yeah, is, yep. And it's, they do, like, a couple different things, and... Right, there's, like, a very colorful, explosive background to it. It's very stylized. Yeah, it, even, it has the, the kinetic energy lines coming off of, like, yeah. Pep's hand. They pull in, and they both say, Oath of Silence. <laughs> yeah, so, so there's a speech bubble coming out of both their mouths, and it beats in the middle. It's like, it's like, it's like smaller words to indicate they're whispering. Yes. Great. Yeah. And then he leans in even closer and says, I may have a lair established in the basement underneath school, and you need to check it out. What? Yeah. Like like a workshop, like a laboratory. Like a secret base? Yeah. I got a present for you down there. So you meet me after school, like right after school, like right here after school. And we're going to go to the secret base. He'll just give like, give like an affirmative nod. Yeah. And he like slowly backs away. Peppel slowly back away the other way. <laughs> <laughs> by now in the background you could see other students just like looking at the two of you weirdos really awkwardly yeah and then you guys disappear into the crowds there you go god that was wonderful <laughs> oh man <laughs> matt you have such wholesome interactions with npcs <laughs> all right so jumping ahead in the day i'm assuming pep will meet up with greg yeah oh yeah very prompt yeah, so we can kind of cut ahead. There, there's another little block that says some more time passes. And then we cut ahead to Greg leading Pep down some stairs. And the lighting's a little bit dimmer to signify that we're underground. And he approaches like a utility closet, I guess, that still has an old-fashioned like doorknob handle instead of, I don't know, auto-opening doors like the future would probably have. Pep will just kind of look at it and say... Is that a doorknob? Greg nods and then says, yeah, but it's just for show. And he leans up <laughs> against it. <laughs> he leans up towards the door and he whispers something that sounds kind of like door engage. <laughs> and you hear a clicking sound. This is like a thought bubble that says, like, we really have to get more creative with our command words. <laughs> yeah. And there's like a clicking sound. And then the handle kind of folds into the door and the door slides into the wall and you you can see this dim glow of like screens and a bluish lighting from overhead kind of filling the small room and Craig will lead you inside and as soon as you step in the door slides closed behind you 
How the hell? <laughs> Greg clears his throat and says, lights, engage. And the lights turn on. And you see that you're standing in. It's a very legitimate looking workshop. Like, it's not pristine. It's not perfect. It's not you, not anything you'd find in a place that, like, would have money to fund a workshop. It's very piecemeal. But it's surprising the amount of equipment and gadgets and stuff he has in here. And Greg spins around and opens his arms like, ta-da. How long have you been... When did you... Greg? Yeah. Yeah? You like it, don't you? This I is... Like it. This is... Awesome. Yeah. Okay, to be fair... The janitor may have helped me out. You know, Janitor Jim? The weird old dude? Yeah, I know who Janitor Jim is. Yeah, turns out he likes tinkering. I started talking to him one time, and he actually showed me that this used to be his little workshop. We kept talking, and one thing led to another, and I figured I'd work on surprising you with a secret lair. I mean, this is incredible. Ah, wait till you see this. And he's going to, like, head back to one of his workbenches, and he picks up a Daft Punk helmet. <laughs> But it's very similar to the one we saw in Recharge's first panels mm-hmm. of today's session. Yeah. But maybe the the visor is... You, you can't see through it at all, not even a little bit, when looking inwards towards the mask. And the there's like LED strips that right now are just slowly surging with lights. He holds it out to you and he says, all right, put it on. Try it out. It should fit. You have a big head, but I know your head size by now. It's normal size. It's big. It's you have a big head. Um, let's not beat around the bush, Pep. He has like a a sour look on his face because he's obviously just insulted by his friend, and he <laughs> puts the helmet on and goes, "It is kind of snug." <laughs> <laughs> and Greg puts like one hand to his chin, like he's thinking. Like, he's contemplating, and he wondered. There's a little thought bubble from him going, did I mismeasure? No, I never mismeasure. Maybe his head grew. (laughs) 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 And I think we get, like, a point of view shot from Pep at this point, where he's looking at Greg, thinking about this. And maybe that's where we even see the thought bubble from Greg. Whatever. But, Pep, you can see perfectly clear through this visor that you would have sworn is just jet black glass or plastic or whatever yeah like you see perfectly clear and then as you blink a couple of times you see augmented reality information start popping up like it identifies greg for you (laughs) whoa is he's like holding out his hands like everybody does in movies when they put on like ar goggles or vr goggles whoa Mm -hmm. right and if you're holding out your hands when you move them it actually gives you this subtle reading of like kinetic energy just from the motion you're doing whoa craig smiles and says yeah i know right amazing also there's a voice modulator in it voice modulator engage (laughs) and you see at the lower right hand corner of your visor it just says voice modulation engaged he says oh wow of course it is i think that to close out this particular scene we probably see in my head, Pep has the helmet on the whole time. You can correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but it's just Greg going around and showing him all the things he's like working on. Not all of them are gadgets for Pep to use in his nightly heroic. Some of them are just 
thoughts and ideas and concepts that might have fuses down the line. But it's him showing off the little uh, little bunker. And he says that to enter, to get through the doorway, it recognizes his voice, your voice, and the janitor's voice. So no one else should be able to walk in. Unless they can mimic voices or something ridiculous <laughs> like that. That would be absurd. That would be really absurd. God, I should do something different, shouldn't I? Maybe keys. Maybe just old-fashioned keys, huh? I don't think anybody would expect that. And we, we pull out as you guys are just hanging out in this super cool little janitor closet that's been turned into a workshop. There's probably the like the last panel. It's just like a giant monitor or whatever. And then Pep goes. So we could play video games on that, right? And then it's Greg's just like smiling from ear to ear. (laughs) 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 And then maybe just one more panel showing like the most elaborate ridiculous video game setup like he opens a drawer and shit pops out of it oh no 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 even better it's um him just going game room engage (laughs) (laughs) and then like a wall flips yeah (laughs) and the tv automatically the screen automatically switches to pick up the game console i guess or whatever yeah that's perfect <laughs> and you hear this uh sultry female voice just say what game would you like to play today gregory and he looks immediately embarrassed like he forgot he did that <laughs> <laughs> it's like sexy siri yeah <laughs> he says shut up sexy siri <laughs> Not in front of my friend <laughs> all the all that pep is saying is just like is that and then it gets cut off (laughs) (laughs) oh that's some good stuff so at the end of that scene we we flip the page and at the top there's another block that says even more time passes (laughs) (laughs) and i think today we open up at the pepper household with pep going through his usual routine but on the sink as he's about to brush his teeth he finds an envelope that reads uh pep and robbie on it in your dad's handwriting yeah i'll check it out yeah flipping it open there's i was gonna say cash but that doesn't exist anymore so there's a pre-filled credit chip (laughs) no there's a note in it that says pep and robbie Sorry, I can't be around for Remembrance Day. Just know that I am thinking of you, even though I'm on the road. I've put 50 future dollars into Pep's accounts. Please go have fun and give me a call later when you guys are out enjoying the festivities. Your dad, Albert Pepper. Your dad, Dad Pepper. (laughs) Your dad, Dad Pepper. (laughs) Mr. Dad Pepper. (laughs) Yeah, the next panel can be the uh, like a shot of the hallway. And the, like, speech bubble, like, coming out of the bathroom is just like, Robbie! And then there's a large speech bubble coming out of his room that just says, what? And then it'll transition to them in school. And I imagine the transition, it's doing that weird storytelling thing where it's, like, during the transition, Pep's explaining what's going to happen. Yeah, that's cool. Even though it would have been taken care of in, like, two sentences before they even left the house. Mm Mm-hmm. I assume Robbie's the kind of person that needs to, like... He seems like the kind of kid that needs it relayed to him in detail, or else he just forgets because he goes about his day. 
Sure. He he's rather energetic and that's what I'm bouncing between. That yeah, that's what I'm getting at. Or he's just yeah. like, Oh yeah, I totally forgot. <laughs> right. I think you guys are riding bikes to school as you normally do when you're mm-hmm. side by side and you're telling him this and he says, you know, oh that that's real cool. Yeah, uh I guess we're gonna meet up after school then and go together, huh? Yeah, I'll meet you by the bike racks. We can grab our bikes and head down with Greg. Yeah, that sounds that that sounds good. Uh race you. And he starts booking it off ahead. Sure. Yeah, they race um, Pepple in this time. Yeah, sure. You smoke him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no problem. We'll be cutting through the school day a little bit. Greg's all on board with this. You, you I'm sure you guys are probably already planning to go. Um, it's just you have more money now to spend. Yeah. And I think we cut ahead to the end of the school day. And you and Greg met up. Maybe you have the last class of the day together. So you guys grab your future backpacks and you head out. So you're going to meet Robbie out front and you're waiting for a bit. And he doesn't show. You know, you give him a few minutes extra benefit of the doubt. Maybe he got into trouble or something and you're waiting. And the, the crowd is starting to disperse. Everyone's starting to go down to the Remembrance Day ceremony. And your brother is still not still not around. I'll see if I can like spot any freshmen or any kids Robbie's age that I might recognize and just ask to see if um, they know where he is. Yeah, you you can definitely find some freshmen lollygagging around and you can ask them and you ask a couple and one of them says, oh, yeah, Robbie Pepper. I have I have seventh period class with him. I don't think he was in that one, though, which is seventh period would be the second last class of the day. Do you know what class he had before? We don't really talk. He's kind of a nerd. Pepple glare at him. He immediately backs down like a huge coward. (laughs) (laughs) And he'll say, all right, thanks. And turn to Greg and just say, I guess we got to find him. I'll try to give him a call. Yeah, you do that. And I will also do something not illegal. And he starts moving his fingers. You know that Greg likes the, the Google Glass contacts. Yeah. And... He can manipulate them with, I guess, a special glove or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'll try to give uh, Robbie a call. It rings and rings and goes to future voicemail. I'll leave a future voicemail saying, hey, Rob, it's Pep. Um, call me back. We were supposed to be by the bike racks, remember? And I'll just hang up. Yeah, And you, you can see a very faint glow coming from Greg's eyes. His contacts are lighting up very slightly. And he's just muttering, almost there, almost there, zoom and enhance, (laughs) hacking engage. (laughs) He says, I think that I've honed in on your brother's GPS via satellite. You can. I can do a lot of things. You do. (laughs) Do you do that a lot? On the record? No, I think I think you should save that for important occasions. Yeah. Your brother missing your brother missing isn't important. Uh, just in the future. Let's not do that casually. Oh, well, gee, I'm sorry, Greg. You just hacked into a satellite and found the location of my missing brother. Well, maybe you should not do that, I guess. Save it for the future occasions, you know. <laughs> not you're so smart, Greg. I can't believe you can do this. Wow, I'm so lucky to have you as a friend. Where is where is he? <laughs> he uh, motions with his hand a couple of times as if like flicking screens away or whatever. And he says, uh, he's already downtown. What the heck? He's actually closing in. Uh, oh, nope. He's at City Hall. What? Okay. Uh, I guess let's race down there. Yeah, uh, I guess so. 
and you guys will hop on he hops on your bike you definitely give him a lift oh he rides the pegs yeah i think he totally rides the future pegs i imagine pet does have uh yeah he definitely does have pegs to like assist in moving around like grinding right. grinding down rails to take shortcuts and stuff Getting to the streets downtown, you see that several of the streets leading to city center are full with food stalls and games and really shitty rides and stuff like that. City center, where City Hall stands at pretty much, not directly at city center, but it overlooks city square, basically. At city center, there's a growing mass of people congregating for Mayor Carmichael's speech. And at actual city center is this large... It's probably a monument, but it's covered with like a very large tarp, something that's definitely going to be unveiled during the ceremony. And City Hall itself is pretty much unoccupied. There's people a distance in front of it, but it doesn't seem to be busy or anything like that. Can you determine exactly where he is, Greg? Uh, no, not really. I just know that he's he seems to be in City Hall. That's weird. Um, uh, actually, oh, hold on. Sorry, uh, Pep. May I have your permission to do more hacking to maybe see who your brother's been talking to? You don't hack our phones often, do you? No, that'd be terrible. Greg? No, no, I, I don't. <laughs> Honestly, I bought a spare phone to test run on. I'm just really excited to actually be able to work in the field and, you know, it's all very exciting. It is exciting. See see what's going on. You're pedaling, and you have to slow down just because of the crowds. Otherwise, you'll careen into people. And you hear Greg from behind you just kind of mutter, Oh, yeah, that's not good. Uh, Pep, he, it seems like he's been talking to... I don't know if you've even heard of him, but this, this guy at school named Splice. Well, he goes by Splice. Kind of bad news, but he's... Uh, recently amassed kind of a group of no good friends and word in the street is he's been handing out powers to these kids handing out powers yeah like animal-based powers um i I think he gave one girl the reflexes of a cat or something i didn't really keep up with it to be honest i i it kind of sounded super lame they call themselves the manimals but hey greg yeah do you ever think about keeping a database like a villain database? Yeah. Well, now I am. Pep will kind of give him a side look and a smile and just, like, give him a nod. Say, let's do that. But right now, let's, uh... Database is a cool hero name. I mean, what? <laughs> <laughs> Pep will stop and just be like, actually, yeah, it is. I <laughs> say, let's go make sure my brother doesn't do anything stupid. Yeah, and you guys race off to City Hall. Mm-hmm. I think we see a panel or two of you weaving through and down. Like, the, the panel keeps a solid position, and we see you bike through a crowd, and then you're further off in the next panel, and then you're just a little speck with Greg on the back in the far distant panel. Matt, I am at a point where I would like to ask you, what is the last panel of today's comic? The last panel is probably... Pep and Greg showing up to City Hall. Pep doing, like, the cool, like, slide on his bike to come to a stop. And then just standing there as uh, there's, like, a smaller, like, panel, like, cut to the inside of Robbie probably hanging out with these 
teenage villains. Yeah, we, we see him maybe peeking around a corner inside City Hall. Um, do you, do you want speech bubbles in that, or do you just want like a shadow looming over him? Oh, do the sh- do the shadow with like a speech bubble, but like a really poignant like cliffhanger speech bubble. Okay, so yeah, there's like a shadow looming over him. He's definitely not alone, but it's with him, not something against him or not something pushing him into a corner. And there's a very small speech bubble coming from Robbie Pepper that just says, I'd do anything for powers. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. And that's the end of the, that's potentially the end of the comic. I did want to ask in with Pep kind of doing that super cool sliding maneuver. Do we maybe get just a little glimpse of part of his costume in his like backpack or something? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The um, he, he's definitely wearing the outfit underneath. What time of year is it? It is October. Oh, yeah. He's for sure like hoodie, uh, hoodie and jeans. But like underneath is the outfit and it's like a zip up hoodie. So like mm-hmm. the zippers down a little bit. And then like in the backpack, you can see the new helmet sticking out with like the lights going like on the inside mm-hmm. of the visor right so yeah yeah i think that's a good one that's awesome yeah i i, I like that i like that you added the little panel mm-hmm. with robbie yeah i think that's super cool good idea i like the i like yeah. the big splash panels in comic books with like the little like cutaway to something yes. else they're pretty cool i didn't even think of it but i agree that was a solid idea yeah oh yeah a, a good comic should end with like a big old splash panel something poignant yeah but that's all she wrote. That's the end of today's comic. Very nice. Good stuff. <laughs> Good stuff. Outro. Engage. <laughs> this is Mr. Critically Accursed popping in at the end of the issue to say thanks for listening. This has been issue number nine, Recharge. Matt and I had a lot of fun with this one, and I hope you had a lot of fun as well. So, if you've enjoyed this, I'm sure you will probably enjoy the future ones. I mean, we're nine issues into this. I'm assuming if you've listened to nine issues, we might be your speed for entertainment. Maybe? (laughs) Regardless, we have a lot more stuff coming. And if you have enjoyed... No... I take that back. You should. If you're listening to my voice right now, you should uh, contact us in some way. Reach out. Let us know what you think of the show, what you think of the players, what you think of the super cool GM, and um, just throw us some support in one way or the other. We are doing this for... We're doing this to reach out to the online tabletop community and give a little bit of that community some of the stories we make at our own table. So I I really hope this does reach people out there and give them something interesting in their days. But regardless, we have a few more issues in the first volume of our Horizon series. And issue number 10 is coming up next with, you guessed it, Sky Valor. Catch you in the next one. Bye.